From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast. Fresh off his week-long excursion in Indianapolis, the Grey Havens, Beautiful, Mark snowy, cold Indianapolis. Um, I have only spent a little bit of time in Indy. Lucky mother, you. Yeah. Um, it, it seems that it's, it's... I've always found it interesting where large organizations that are, that are, that are national choose to spend their sort of conventions. <laughs> and in sports in particular, like baseball does the winter meeting somewhere in Arizona or Florida, sometimes California. Smart. Right? Uh, college basketball does it around the Final Four, so it depends on where that's happening. That can move around. Um, the NBA, a big convention, is basically around the All-Star break. That's always a big, big time. Football decides to do this one of the most important weeks of the year outside of the games. Indianapolis, which is centrally located, more or less, but you're, it's all business. They're, I mean, It's all business, and this is they've tried other places in years past, but it's been going on in Indianapolis for a long time. Uh, I think the reason, uh, one of the reasons, uh, to your point, is location. It's not too far. It's kind of centrally located. But, Cole, it could not be more functional. Mm-hmm. You've got five hotels that are literally connected by, by a skywalk to the convention to center. To an indoor. To an indoor. Football stadium. Um, football stadium mm-hmm. with rooms, ballrooms, space. It's a convention center, a big one, and it couldn't be more functional. I, except for one dinner that I met some friends out uh, about two blocks outside of the convention center, I didn't go outside. Yeah, You don't have to. You could, you could be there a whole week and never have to go outside. The types of journalists who cover the, uh, you know, who are breaking news about a trade or that sort of thing, um, love to go between the steakhouses. There are three or four steakhouses oh, yeah. around there where there's always somebody having a conversation. You can always find, hey, what's the latest dirt on this? Um, last year, you you were at the Combine. We should tell people why you were at the Combine. You were there for a couple of different uh, purposes, I Yes, guess. a couple of reasons. One, we had a, a Legends Community football clinic, uh, and we had 28 former NFL players that are all coaching in the high school space right now. The NFL uh, flew... Um, uh, each player, each former player in from whatever uh, market they were living in, um, we sent Damon Jones. Damon Jones was nominated by the Jaguars. Who's been on the staff at Rebolt. Who's been on the staff with Rebolt. And uh, we had a coaching clinic. clinic. Chris Ballard, the uh, GM for the Indianapolis Colts, was there, talked to the guys. Um, we had some really good speakers. We had a, a coaches panel, a lot of just catching up with some guys. I had three teammates there that I hadn't seen in a long time. Who else was there? It was great. Uh, uh, Chris Samuels was there, of course, Damon Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Samuels was a tackle uh, at Washington. Uh, oh, a familiar name, uh, Mike Allstott was there. He's oh, coaching mm-hmm. down in South Florida in the Tampa area. And uh, it was just a good time. So I, I did that. And then also I serve as one of the quarterback mentors I have for the last five years. Mm-hmm. So Chad Pennington will take half the quarterbacks, roughly eight or nine guys. I'll take the other half of the quarterbacks. And we mentored them through the whole process answer questions, come alongside them, be a resource for anything they want to know as far as the combine process, um, hey, what's it like in the NFL, uh, you know, how do you stop, I mean, just so many questions get thrown at us, and we enjoy it. Last year, about this time, I asked you, 
hey, anybody really stand out to you? Anybody impress you? <laughs> and you said, well, there was one guy who asked me a question I'd never had another quarterback ask me, and I thought it was very forward-looking, very smart, very intelligent, very veteran-savvy of him to have asked that question, and it was something about what do I do between the draft and rookie minicamp and preparing uh, for... Uh, that first opportunity on the field. And that guy who asked you that question that you were so impressed by was a fellow by the name of Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Anybody Gardner Minshew you up this time around? You know what? Uh, no. Um, got a lot of questions. And, and these guys all made a really good impression on me. A good, a good, uh, really good guys. Um, nobody really stood out personality-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one kid that was probably a lot more cocky than he needed to be. There okay. was another kid... Uh, that probably needed to come out of his shell a little bit more. And you try to kind of help as best you can with guys like that. The other guys were uh, confident guys, um, well-spoken, polite gentlemen. Uh, I was really impressed with this group. You have joked in the past that the guys you coach at high school don't remember you playing. They were not old enough right. to, or at least aware for the most part. Their dad or born. Or born. <laughs> Or currently <laughs> breathing at the time. Uh, any of these guys have a? Uh, do they do they recognize you? Know, oh yeah, I remember yeah. That you know what? Well, obviously, you know, before I meet them, we have this big dinner and we're introduced, and so they they read my you know they say my bio. So by the time I get to them, yeah, they know I played a long time. Yeah. So they know I'm not just some you know another scout or someone that's trying right. to take them through. So you get a little you get a little bit of credibility before you meet him, but. I had a couple actually. A couple guys actually said, "You know what? I had your, I had your action figure when I was like starting fi- when I was like five years old." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Okay, I don't know how to take that one. I, you make me feel really old because you didn't have to throw in the I was five years old. You know, yeah. it could have been just when, I was, when I was a kid, just when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it was kind of funny. But I'm at that point now where, you know, if I if I'd have done this ten years ago, hey, you're Mark Brunell. Now it's like. Mm, yeah, this guy told me you used to play. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a big difference. So <laughs> Jacob Eason was one of your guys. Yes, he was. Georgia Bulldog, now Washington Husky. He was great. Uh, I enjoyed it. And um, I thought the ball came out of his hand uh, actually far better than any of the other guys. Mm. As far as the deep ball, the release, and just man, it just shot out of his hand. Definitely a pro-style arm. Um, I thought Jake Fromm did, did well. Uh, threw a pretty good ball. Wasn't great, uh, kind of a quick, compact throwing motion that I think will serve him well, but it's a little unorthodox. And I don't, depends on who you are. Some people care about that stuff. I don't, but I thought he did well. You had Tua in your group? I had two in my group, but Tua didn't do anything. Did you have to pronounce his last name? He point? didn't ask me to. Okay. We stayed with Tua. Just Tua? Yeah. Yes. And a uh, uh, really nice kid. Talked to him for a while. And uh, and just, yeah, it was it's just a really good group. I didn't really get to know the Oregon kid. Uh, very much spoke Herbert. with uh, uh, Joe Burrows quite a bit, and I was really impressed with him. Is that right? Yeah, he's. If I could, I'd take him right now. He knows he's going to be the number one pick. Yes, he does. And so he, he didn't he do anything. Yeah. But you know what? He was great with everyone. Uh, yeah, and he just the media day. He just nailed it. I imagine with his interviews, he just nailed it. And listen, let's face it. There's only one interview he needs to do, and that's going to be Cincinnati because yeah. that's where he's going to end up. Poor yeah. thing. Bless his, <laughs> bless his little soon-to-be-broken heart. But uh, he was great. So his best friend that he grew up with plays football with my son in Georgetown. Oh, how about and so, that? And I had, no, I had no idea. He came up and told me that. And, and uh, he was up in, up in Georgetown recently. And we probably had a 
conversation for about five minutes, and I'm like, who is this kid? This kid's great. So he, I was impressed. It wasn't that he said, hey, you're Mark Brunel. He said, hey, you're JoJo yeah. Brunel's dad. You're JoJo's dad. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly, hey, you're Joseph Brunel's dad. I'm like, yes, I am. Yeah. But he was, I was point. impressed. I wish he, he wasn't in my group. I wish he was in my group, but uh, I was really impressed with the kid. You know, some guys just have this presence about him. They carry themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, and they just—you could tell—they've. This, this isn't too big for them. They've been on the biggest stage, certain BMOC kind of thing. Big man yeah. on campus for sure. I just, man, I just hope Cincinnati works out for him. If I was the Jaguars, I'd take my two picks and next year's pick, and I'd get that kid right now. Interesting, you say that, right? Because now. something has arisen here recently, Mark. Oh my! Where the Jaguars might have, have a- more trade uh, assets to yes. throw it in there. Yes. Um, on Monday morning, bright and shiny early on Twitter, Yannick Ngakwe pointed out, uh, tweeted out that he uh, had let the Jaguars know that he was not interested in signing a long-term contract. Duval, I love you. Peace out, basically. Ah. Um, f- first question. Yes. Do you believe that Ngakwe is being open, transparent, and honest about that? It, 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 should we take it at face value that that's what that tweet said? I think two things. I think, one, he probably tweeted out... Tweeted that out on emotion, and two, I think it was um, if it wasn't done out of emotion, a reaction to what was said by the Jaguars. Because I, I can tell you right now, it gets ugly. Uh, that was scripted by his agent, and I think you know, I think it was a negotiating ploy, a pretty smart one in the day day and age of Twitter. Um, so I think it's all uh, strategy. All right. I don't think it was an off-the-hip thing. Earlier in the weekend, he had said PSA coming on Monday. So it was planned. All right, so we know that. Good point. Very good point. Number two, um, I do think it's genuine. Mm-hmm. In my conversations with him at the end of the year, um, and it wasn't just me sitting in a room quietly with him. It was, you know, we had several reporters gathered around. Uh, but I asked him, you know, several different ways if he would talk about what he would potentially accept and what what was important to him and what he learned about the organization and so wouldn't bite on it but it kind of gave you the yeah you know it's a business decision when you hear it's a business decision which of course it is it's professional football um, I tend to think hey here's a guy who was trying to maximize his earning again nothing wrong with that right and I believe that he thinks that he will not be able to do that above and beyond football whether that's within his football career or after his football career is over, playing in a small market, number one, and for a team that and an organization that doesn't seem to be able to put it together and be a winning organization consistently. I can't blame Unique Ngakwe for saying, I've got a small window. I don't want to be in a small market losing team in this situation. I also think that it's, again, I think it's genuine. I think here's what's going to happen. You tell me if you think how, how wrong I am here. Okay. I think the Jaguars will put the franchise tag on him. He'll refuse to sign it. It'll get deep into the, the period. He'll sign it at the last second, but we'll hold out. And uh, sometime around the third week of the preseason, the Jaguars will wind up trading him, not get any assets in the trade for this year. And whoever winds up being the general manager next year is going to have extra trade, uh, extra draft picks to utilize uh, going forward. Well, if he doesn't sign a long-term deal before any of that happens, that is exactly how it'll yeah, play out. Because I don't think it's, you it has do, to play out that you way. Still, you still think he's going to sign a long term deal? Well, or think it's not possibility. It, well, the reason I say that is it has nothing to do with unique. Don't the Jaguars have to do something? 
Positive. Several times they've had to. Yes. Positive. Yeah. I mean, um, keeping Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone, fans didn't like it. Uh, two games in London, two home games in London, fans didn't like mm-hmm. it. There's been nothing but bad news coming out of that stadium time and time again. Uh, today's actually more bad news. If you looked at the poll that that you know that Channel Four put out there, and, and uh, hey, whose fault is this? Well, most people, about eighty something percent of people, say this is the Jaguars' fault. Well, what did the Jaguars do? They just haven't given Unique what he's wanted up to this point, mm-hmm. and they shouldn't have to at this point. They should have re-signed him last year to a long-term deal. Could have. Right. Yeah. Now, if you say Unique Ngakwe, as Mike Duraco, our friend, has reported that he wants to be the highest-paid defensive end of the league, wants to make twenty-two million dollars a year, is Unique Ngakwe the best defensive end of the league? No. No. Is he the best defensive end? Is he in the elite defensive ends whose contract is up this year? Maybe. 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 Um, I don't think you would say that he is one of the top three or four defensive ends in the game right now. No, you can't say that. He's in the next tier of very good players, guys who make impacts and guys. I don't have a concern about Unique Ngakwe's work ethic or his approach or his professionalism. Um, And the question is how how many, as has been said before, listen, the Jaguars missed the playoffs with him, they can miss the playoffs without him. But to your point, the only positive that the Jaguars have had, the two positives the Jaguars have had about the last six months, Gardner Minshew, and Calais Campbell went to the Walter Payton Award. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. That's about it. And one of them has very little thing, very little to do with football. Yep. And as positive as we are about Gardner Minshew, um, that we're, we're still up in the air. So We're not convinced that's our guy for the next The Jaguars years. have two first-round picks this year. Mm-hmm. They have a disgruntled free agent defensive end that they can control with a franchise tag. And they've got a huge contract on a quarterback who probably isn't going to be the starting quarterback heading into the offseason. It doesn't appear to be. It looks like, if nothing else, it's competition. But would the Cincinnati Bengals take Yannick Ngakwe, Nick Foles, and a first-round pick for the Jaguars to move up from 9 to to 1? I don't think so. What would it take? What do you think it would take? Gosh, I have no idea. Two first-round picks of those two guys. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. And some Mayport shrimp. (laughs) Done! Now you're talking! (laughs) I don't know how this is going to play out. Uh, I just know, having been in it, things that I've asked my agent to communicate to the Jaguars and things that the Jaguars have told me, um, it does get ugly. Mm-hmm. And you say things that you don't mean. You know, okay, go ahead, trade me. Okay, fine. Let me. I, I mean, I've I've been in these situations. I've yeah, I've different, sat in the owners. different fr- different front office, different owners. Yeah, but, but I've I've sat yeah. across the owner multiple times, and and. Uh, you know, with a lot of emotions, and and both times we worked it out, and we're hugging, and we're shaking hands, and so it does get ugly. But cool now, now we have now we have Twitter, and now there's mm-hmm. a platform for a player to throw this out there, and and uh, I just I just think the Jaguars, um, I think the Jaguars are going to offer him a fair deal, probably pay him more than they want to. My worry is Anik thinks he's just thinks he's simply better than he really is. Have you ever met a player who was coming in? Yeah, but that's where the agent that. comes in, Cole, and says, "Hey, listen, listen, I love you, and I think you could become that. But right now, this this deal's too good to pass up." So, as you made, so I'm in the process of looking for a new house, mm-hmm. and going to put mine on the market the whole bit. And this reminds me of conversations with realtors about. 
well, how much do you think I should put my house on the market for, right? You want to hear a big number, yeah. but you also want to know the right number because you, you don't know for sure. Like you don't want to sit on the, on the market for a long time. Right. A lot of this depends on the kind of advice that Ngakwe is getting and whether, and whether he's getting the kind of truth or eh, truthiness. Who's his agent? I can't tell you right off the top. He's not, not one of the big ones, though. Uh, I think he was with Rock Nation, if, if memory serves. Okay. But I don't know who is, is handling him specifically. Gotcha. So, you know, it, hmm. how does it play out? Like, again, some, yeah. sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll have... We've already, we've already, you know, this last year, however you feel about it, we, we got rid of our best player. You know, at some point, and I, listen, I know this... this Leadership, Dave Caldwell, whatever. We've we've gotten rid of some good players. We've held on to some players we shouldn't have. We didn't, you know, and, and it's not like we've got a great track record going right now. But this is what we do know. We know Unique Ngakwe is a really good football player. And to your point, he works hard. He's professional. I don't think this tweet was very professional. I thought it was unnecessary. But, it's again, it's part of the game. It's the day and age we live in now. But he's a proven player. Now, will he ever be... You know, Lawrence Taylor, no. No. But Nick Foles is not Joe Montana, and we yeah. paid him, you know, a lot of money. So you're going to have to overpay to get him. I'd just be nice to keep a kid that we know, we're convinced that he's going to make an impact for many years. By the way, you and I have talked about this. One of the, one of the guys who Ngakwe sort of says he's patterned, tried to pattern himself after or try to emulate in terms of the way he played and the way he approaches things is Derek Thomas. Now, I covered Derek Thomas in Kansas City. You played against Derek Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, Ngakwe is not to that level. Derek was special. Derek was a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. 20 sacks in one season, seven sacks in a game. I mean, talking about major impact. Now, style-wise, you can see a little bit of the style. Mm-hmm. Ed's pass rusher likes to go for the chop to knock the ball out. Right. Um, a little undersized to play defensive end, but plays there anyway. Like, There's, there's some similarities there. Uh if he was Derek Thomas, Jaguars would have, you know, they'd pay him top top of the market. Right. And that's ultimately what it comes down to, I think, is it's an interesting study in sort of leadership psychology because Dave Caldwell knows he's on the hot seat. They're going to win now. they got to win now. Unique would help that. Can you, can you right? Do you, do you win now by, do you forget about the future, sign him to it a, a you know, a contract? Or do you say, hey, we have all these other issues with the salary cap. If we sign Unique to this, it's got to be a specific structure. Otherwise, we say goodbye to Calais Campbell and A.J. Boye and, you know, whomever else. It's actually for Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone. That's a tough place to be in. Mm-hmm. Really tough. Like, who are you talking to? You don't got Tom there. Say what you want about Tom. But, you know, I'm sure it was nice for Dave to have that. I'm sure in some ways it was quite difficult. But the d- dynamics changed where... We got Doug Marone. That's just, he's just a ball coach, you know. And he could just tell you who he wants and perhaps who he doesn't want. But this is all falls on Dave Caldwell. Can you give us? Can you just give Jaguars fans something to hang on to for the next between now and the next podcast? Do you, do you have anything? Because I'm something sitting here, positive. I'm sitting here looking at it, going, I yeah. And last time out, we said you know seven to nine, six and ten. You said seven to nine. I said six and ten because yeah. I'm a negative Nelly, but. Uh, you got anything? You know, I have nothing. <laughs> but I know how I know how are. I know how a season works. 
I think a lot of it's going to have to do with those first four games, first three games. Like if we can get, if our first three games are winnable, first four games are winnable, where we just get at it, if we by chance got out of there three and one or two and two, um, that would be great. Because if this team, as it stands right now, if this team starts one and three, it's over, Cole. Yeah. You got to start well. You got to start fast. I, fast. You've got, I've been in those seasons. I know that feeling. Um, but it's tough. But outside hoping for a good schedule early, um, I don't know. I don't know. We got some. We got some good players, but just not enough for us to, in my opinion, really make a be competitive and make a run at it. Especially when you look at. What if Philip Rivers ends up in Indy? That's not good for us. Right. That's not good. Yeah. At all. Really bad. <laughs> so we'll see. So fans, I have nothing for you. I'm looking just as hard as you are for something to get excited about. We'll leave it there. Leave it there. Sorry, folks. That's Sorry. the best we got. I'm not even renewing my tickets this year. I'm not. I can't get anybody to go. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. But it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that'll be a conversation for a future yes, day as well on what they're doing with the tickets. All right. We appreciate you listening to Teal the Podcast. Uh, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Leave a uh, review on uh, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts if you'd like to let us know how we're doing. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on newsforjacks.com. For the ever-cheery Mark Brunell, I'm Mr. Positive Cole Pepper. Thanks for listening to <laughs> Teal the Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.